Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pickle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies all of Padre gang. Yeah, they And good day, everybody. Or, I mean, it was a good day. Maybe not a good night at least for me on the East Coast right now. But good day, everyone. This is episode 157 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show, live on YouTube. I appreciate if you're watching live or you're on replay or you're on the podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcast. I am Ben Fadden, your host. Going to take you through the Cleveland series, which ended up being one day today, the doubleheader, the Padres losing the second game of the doubleheader, Winning the first game, Manny homering, uh, a bunch of stuff to go over the bullpen. Should you be worried about the bullpen? A lot of different stuff to go over tonight with you. So, before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Subs, located in Peco Park, Mission Gorge, Point Loma. You can visit their Website, gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu. Great cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Maybe to help you get through this Padres loss that just happened tonight. Or help you uh, get you or continue to be happy based on the Padres win in the daytime. If that's what you want to take away from today. Uh, But they split the doubleheader. They are now 16-9 and... I think right now they're in a pretty good spot. 
if you're just asking me, hey, before the season, 16-9, and are you happy with this? I would say yes. Uh, But there's now three games, two games that have happened on this very road trip, where you might look back on it and say, hey, we should have won those games. That might cost us in wildcard positioning, playoff positioning, making the playoffs, winning the division, if we're anywhere close to that, you know, at the end of the season. Today was the third game where that was, that's going to hang over us, right? Where the Padres could have won today. They could have won on opening day. They could have won that Saturday night game uh, in Pittsburgh, right? But they did not. That's the bottom line. Um, So we'll talk about both games, preview the Marlins series a little bit, the homestand. And as always, I'll answer any questions that you guys have in the chat. No one's in here right now. No one's watching right now. But I'm going to give my thoughts regardless. Uh, All right. So Tuesday's game obviously was postponed yesterday. San Diego did option Ray Kerr down to make room for Mike Clevenger because Clev was scheduled to start and they needed to make room for it. They were still planning on playing the game and obviously they didn't end up doing it, but Ray Kerr was sent down. That wasn't a surprise. He'd only pitch one inning in the big leagues with the Padres and it happened to be in a blowout against the Dodgers. He didn't do anything wrong to be sent down but it just ended up being a numbers game. Mike Clevenger is going to have a bigger impact on the team than Ray Kerr is. That's just the bottom line. So Ray Kerr, he did strike out Max Muncy that one inning that he pitched against the Dodgers uh, that Sunday game at Petco. Again, didn't do anything wrong, but he was sent down. Uh, Pedro Avila was activated before the doubleheader today. He was sent down as well. Um, along with Luis Camposano, to trim the roster down from 28 guys to 26. Um, But he came back up for the doubleheader because you can have that 27th guy. That's the rules. You have a doubleheader, you can add a 27th man. And usually it's a pitcher because teams with doubleheaders, if one game goes wrong, your pitching staff might be screwed and you want to protect the pitching staff for the next day or the next series, like the Padres are going to have to do, or they probably tried to do today because they have seven straight games now without an off day, right? They had two days off, um, the off day Monday, the off day yesterday, even though it wasn't planned. Um, And so they're going to have to have seven straight games now without any off days. So it's going to be interesting to see how their bullpen, how the bullpen management goes before every game. Like always, I release those bullpen charts, those daily bullpen usage charts to log all the relievers in the bullpen, their pitches that they throw in the last five days in game, just to kind of guess we can play manager a little bit and guess who we think might get into the game in the bullpen, um, who's available, who's not. Uh, but getting, I want to get to Wednesday and Wednesday's games. The two games today, Padres won the first game 5-4. to four. Uh, Hosmer came through with an RBI single in the first. The big story was Mike Clevenger coming back, and we'll get to him. Just some, just how this game happened, we'll get, uh, we're going to get to right now. Cronenworth in the top of the third had a grounder to second. That should have been an out, but Naylor clinked it off his glove. That ended up really helping the Padres because Manny then came up and hit a home run 
to left field in the at bat after that made it that made it three nothing instead of two nothing had that Naylor error not happened. In the bottom of the third, Stephen Kwan, he ended up being the hero the second game. In the third and the first game, he had an RBI single that made it three to one Padres. In the fifth, bases loaded two outs. Hosmer grounded to second base to end the inning. I put that in my notes because I thought that was probably going to come up huge, and it kind of did. They ended up winning by one, so they didn't necessarily need the run, but it would have helped to have at least one more run there to, to have a little bit more insurance. Um, in the fifth, Clev walked two guys. Wilson walked one, and so that loaded the bases, uh, and that set up Josh Naylor having a two-RBI single to tie the game 3-3. Three to three. In the sixth, Kim had a double. Beatty had a single, a bloop single, to put first and second for Nola, who doubled in Kim. That made it 4-3 to three Padres, and that ended up being how many runs Cleveland scored. Uh, in the seventh, Cronenworth hit a sack fly. That made it 5-3. to three. That fifth run ended up being the deciding run. In the seventh, uh, Ahmed Rosario had a grounder to short, sacrifice ground up. That scored former Padre prospect Owen Miller. That made it 5-4 Padres. And then Taylor Rogers closes it out with his 10th save on the year. He was great in that inning, did not pitch in the second game, but pitched in that first game. And the Padres ended up winning 5-4. Rogers sealed it down. My takeaways from this game is Mike Clevenger. I talked about it on the pregame show today. If he stays healthy through this game, that's all I cared about. And that's exactly what happened. He ended up staying healthy. And to be honest, he pitched better than I thought he was going to. And Bob Melvin gave him a bigger leash than I thought he was going to give him. I thought it was going to be 80 to 85 pitches in that range. And he ended up going 95. So I'd be lying if that wasn't a little concerning. Uh, At least my thoughts in the moment if I was concerned at all, when I saw those pitch counts going above 90 pitches, I was a little concerned because that wasn't the plan. But Clevenger felt good. Now, you can feel good today. It's going to be more of a question of, do you feel good tomorrow? That's what I'm more concerned about. And we'll hopefully someone in the media ask Bob Mellon tomorrow how Clev is feeling after, um, you know, he the – adrenaline isn't there you know he has the ice all that you know he wakes up out of his bed how does he feel you know I think I'm going to be concerned or not concerned I'm going to be focused on that more than uh, him feeling good and him being able to go 95 pitches today but he did finish with four and two-thirds innings he had four strikeouts through three at 60 pitches finished with 95 like I mentioned four and two-thirds innings gave up three runs Three walks, uh, four hits, struck out four. Uh, he struck out Franmil, I believe. Struck out Stephen Kwan, who doesn't strike out for his first strikeout in 2022. I posted those strikeouts on the Talking Fires Twitter, like I always do. Uh, the game highlights, not just the highlights, but the lowlights as well. Any play of significance goes up there. Any game that I'm watching that I'm not at the game. Uh, I'm clipping those ga- those uh, plays out there at Talking Friars. So if you're missing anything, you can't watch the game, just go through my Twitter account and you'll be caught up with everything that happened, videos, everything that happened in the game. 
but my takeaway here, five, four Padres win is, you know, Hosmer stayed hot, Manny with the home run, taking advantage of the nailer air, right? That was big. Taylor Rogers. I had put out a video or a clip of a video on YouTube a couple of days ago saying that Rogers has a ton of pressure on him. And this definitely proved it a one run game. Um, Cleveland came back. The Padres had a three-run lead at one point in this game. They ended up having two three-run leads in the second game. But in the first game, they had a three-run lead. And they ended up winning only by one. So that's the story of what the bullpen's been right now. And it kind of sucks to say that, but that's just the way it is. Taylor Rogers, he's going to be in a lot of save situations when they probably don't have to be safe situations, but the guys before him make it a safe situation. And he's going to have to come through for the Padres to win games and stay with the Dodgers and the Giants. You know, that's just the way it's going to be. Get into the chat here before we move on to game two. Uh, Ashley, what's up? Hope you're doing well. Francisco, Trevor, how's it going? Hope you guys are having good nights. When we went up 3-0 in the first, I was like, okay, easy win. I should have known. That's the way that the bullpen's been right now, Ashley. Yeah, you're right. It's Padres have always had that good closer, but before that, that's the question mark. And this road trip has definitely tested that. You had Lamette not pitch well today. You had him not pitch well in Cincinnati, which meant Taylor Rodgers had to come in in that Cincinnati game and close, which made him unavailable to pitch that Saturday night Pittsburgh game that they end up losing. Uh, because he pitched three days in a row, including that first Pittsburgh game. So it, it's all a chain of chain link effect, if you get what I'm saying. And that's just when one guy does bad or a couple guys do bad, that forces Rodgers in situations that the Padres don't want him to pitch in so that they can save him for later games. And then when he has to pitch in those games that they didn't want him to pitch in, he's not available for those games. And so it, it's just a chain effect. It sucks, but that's the way it is right now. The bullpen started off good, and now they've hit some bumps. And it's not just one guy. You know, Steven Wilson struggled a little bit now in this road trip. Lamette struggled. Uh, Tim Hill did not pitch well today. Robert Suarez left a changeup up today, and we'll get to that when he was ahead 1-2 on Josh Naylor in the second game. So it's not it's, – it's not, I wish it was one guy, but that's not the way it is. Former Padres killed us like always. Yep. Hate to say, but Lamette ain't the same no more. Francisco says, well, welcome to the party. He hasn't really been the same this year. Uh, he hasn't been the same really since 2020 when he came off San Francisco off the mound there and didn't get the surgery. There's been good moments, but 2020 was the best the best that we're going to get out of Janelle Slamet, that's what he was in 2020. You know, finishing, what, wasn't he a finalist in the Cy Young? And now, look what he is. He doesn't have a role in the bullpen. They're floating him in trade talks, which they should trade him, by the way, when they because they're definitely getting back Morahone and Baez and Castillo and Snell's coming back. He has a rehab start tonight, right now. Um Nick Martinez is going to be moved in the bullpen because Clev and Snell are coming back. And even when Snell comes back, maybe they go with the six man, maybe they go with the five. And that means that 
Gore piggyback someone, they're going to get guys in the bullpen. So Lamette is going to definitely be um, out there to trade, you know. So he just doesn't have a role. And Lamette, you're right, San Francisco, Lamette is not the guy that he used to be in 2020. If you're just tuning in, that's the way it's been. That's the way it has been. Trevor says, should have swept the entire road trip, really. Yep, you're right. Should have won Saturday. Should have won the second game today. They should have won 8-0. Instead, they went 6-2. and And I said leading into the series, I would have taken 6-2. and But it's the way that they were 6-2 and that pisses me off. You know? It's, it's like, okay, you got to win. You're 6-2. and Great road trip. But it's almost like you'd rather have them get blown out those two games because then, okay, at least you could have said, okay, that Pittsburgh Saturday game and that game, the second game today, they weren't winnable games. They were going to lose them anyway. Okay, you can take that. But these two games you should have won. So it's not like you're going to look back at the end of the season if they miss a wild card spot, some wild card spot by two games, and you say, well, that's the position that they should have been in because they got blown out those two games. No, no, no. They should have won these two games and we might be looking back later in the year and say, well, we should have been in a better position, but that's what happens when the bullpen sucks and you blow it. That's just what happens. Happened Saturday when they blew two leads in the eighth and the 10th when Tyler uh, Taylor Rogers was not available because he had to pitch three straight days because Lamette sucked in Cincinnati. There's a carry over there. And then today when they blew two leads, three run leads, by the way. So the bullpen is the weak spot right now. The rotation's pitching well. Gore pitched good again today. Uh, Clev pitched good. He's healthy. Snell's coming back. Manaya, uh, Darvish, they're pitching well. Musgrove is arguably the best starter in the National League right now. But the bullpen isn't, isn't great right now. It's you got to have both working. You, you can't have one working and one not working. If the starting rotation's working but the bullpen sucks, you're going to blow leads. If the starting rotation sucks and the bullpen's good, well, the game's going to be out of hand by, by the time it gets to the bullpen. So that's pretty much the situation right now. All right, moving to game two. Padres lose this one six to five. Uh, it, it sucked. Again, they, blo- they, they were definitely blowing leads, multiple leads. Uh, they lose it 6-5 to get to 16-9 on the year. Uh, top of the first, Eric Hosmer, it started off well. They had a two-RBI double by Haas to the right center field gap. He continued to mash this series this today. Uh, on the road trip, he's probably top three in player of the month, um, maybe top two, but they want to uh, ride Nolan Arenado's you-know-what. And that's why he won April Player of the Month. Uh, but getting back to the game, Haas made it 3 nothing, and Kim with those RBI hits in the first. In the bottom of the third, there was bases loaded. And Gore walked Jose Ramirez to make it 3-1. to one. His command was spotty at times. He walked more guys than he struck out today, which isn't ideal. But that's nothing really to worry about. He ended up, um, what, he gave up like one run today? Yeah. 
Five and two-thirds innings, Gore went, gave up one run, four hits, three walks, two strikeouts on 100 pitches on the dot. Hedges scored on a double to make it three to two. That was when the bullpen came in. Uh, in the eighth, Profar had a, like a check swing double down the left field line, made it four to two Padres. Abrams had a bases loaded walk, so that was another run that was given to the Padres uh, that made it five to two. In the eighth, Manny had an error. It was ruled not an error after the fact, but it was an error. I think Manny would tell you that it was an error. Uh, on the chopper, went under his glove. Hedges uh, had an RBI single that made it five to four Padres. Naylor came through. What a surprise. He came through a little bit in the first game, came through today in the second game. Uh, well, both of the games were today, but came in through the second game as well. An RBI single off of Robert Suarez made it five to five. On a one-two count, like I mentioned earlier, one and two count, uh, you gave him the pitch to hit. I didn't like how Suarez attacked Naylor, that pitch that Naylor hit for that game-tying RBI. Uh, Look, it was a one-two count. Don't throw the ball in the strike zone. He floated a changeup up there, and Naylor capitalized. He threw, I think it was, I believe it was two fastballs like down the middle of the Naylor, and Naylor didn't capitalize on those pitches. You gave him those pitches to hit. You got ahead in the count. You don't float another pitcher over the strike zone. Now, that's just me. Some people don't like wasting pitches, but when you're Robert Suarez and you know you just threw a fastball down the middle that you were lucky that Naylor didn't swing at, don't throw that again. I know he didn't throw a fastball, but he threw a changeup that went over the plate and Naylor smashed it into center field for an RBI single to tie the game. I didn't like that there from Suarez. Tim Hill was not good at all either. In the eighth, uh, walk, he had a walk, fielder's choice, single, line out to the left, E5 by Manny. That was an error, but it was ruled not an error. And then the single uh, before Suarez came in and gave up a run to tie the game. Just Hill and Suarez weren't good. Lamette was not good in the 10th inning. He hits Fran Mill. I tweeted on the Talking Friars Twitter, hey, please just walk Fran Mill. Well, I guess that's a walk kind of. You gave him first base. Um, so you didn't allow him to do damage because if you pitched to him, which they did, and Lamette hit him, but let's say you pitched to him, gave him a good pitch to hit, that's, that had walk-off written all over it to me. Um and then Stephen Kwan comes in, and he walks it off on a pitch that was down the middle. It was supposed to be, if you look look back, I have the video on the Talking Friars Twitter account. The pitch, I believe, Nola had him, was it Nola? Or it was Alfaro catching, I think. He got clocked, by he almost got clocked on the Jose Ramirez swing that it left the bat, left his hand, it slipped out of his hands, and it almost clocked Alfaro. Anyway, that's a separate point. But Alfaro was wanted the pitch down, and it ended up down the middle. And Quan doesn't strike out. He's going to capitalize on that. He's a contact hitter. Good dive. Try to dive and make the play by, I think, what, it was Abrams at second. So good attempt by him, but couldn't get to it. RBI, walk off. Fran Mill, of course, scores the game-winning run. Hedges came through with a bloop single today. Naylor came through with a couple RBI hits today. Um, I mean, what do you what do you expect? Former Padres doing well against the Padres. Cal Quantrill wasn't as great as I thought he was going to be today in the first game. So 
Padres got a little bit of a break there. Uh, but Padres lose this game 6-5. There's no excuse. They should have won this game. It's one of the three games this year that I can identify that they should have won, and they're going to look back at the end of the year. Regardless of where they are, the coaching staff, got they remember the games. Arizona, Pittsburgh on Saturday, and, to, and today the second game. Those are three games, winnable games. And the Dodgers, the Giants, those teams, they don't lose those games most of the time. But that's what happened today. And I guess you have to turn the page. You can't really do anything about it. But it still has to piss you off a little bit, right? If you're a fan of the team, you see that those are three games that you should have won and your team didn't win them. I guess it's good that it's not football, right? You're not stewing over it for a week. You got the Marlins tomorrow night. But it sucks that it's the former Padres, too, that come through as well. You know, Hedges... Naylor, they tie the game, and then Fran Mill scores the run to win the game. That's not the best. Uh, Annabella says, totally agree. I'm fine with 6-2 and two on the road trip, but the way that ended is what makes me angry. I agree. I agree. Had the lead in the eighth both times, tough losses. Yeah, they had, yeah, in the Saturday-Pittsburgh game, Trevor, they had the lead in the 8th. They had the lead in the 10th. Remember, because in the 10th and the top of the 10th, Grisham came through with that hit. And then they couldn't hold it. In the 8th in that game, Michael Chavis hit that two-run home run off Stephen Wilson on, a I think, a slider that was up and in. Couldn't hold it. And then today, had a three-run lead. They were up 3 to nothing in the 1st. They were up 5-2 to two in the 8th after Abrams had that bases-loaded walk, and they couldn't hold it. Tim Hill and Robert Suarez couldn't hold it. I mean, good thing that we won the first game, right? Because good thing that Taylor Rodgers was able to come in and secure the one-run win, the yeah, the one-run save in the first game. They barely won that game as well. And so they combined for 10 runs today. That should win you both games. You combine for 10 runs in a doubleheader, you should win. By the way, Cleveland combined for 10 runs. They had four runs in the first game, six runs in the second. So I guess they could say the same thing as well. But for the Padres' sake, when you have the starting pitching they do, which is better than the Indians, in my opinion, they have the bullpen that should be better than the Indians. You have the best closer in the National League, in my opinion, right now. Brewers fans might have something to say about that. That tweet went viral that I put out when I was just stating facts about the April reliever of the month award where Hader won it and Taylor Rogers had a good say. He had a good, um, he had a good chance to win that. You know, he had a good case to win it. Uh, that tweet went viral, by the way. But what was I saying? Totally forgot what I was saying. Uh, but Taylor Rogers, yeah, Taylor Rogers, just good thing that we had him there for that save in the first game, right? Because they probably wouldn't have won either game, any game today. Now, I do sound, you know, really pessimistic and really down, right? Um, about this game, about this, the, the second game, the day in general. But I guess I do have to have the perspective that they went six and two on the road trip. I have to be happy about that because I said I was going to be happy with it before the series started, but 
as people have pointed out in the chat, yeah. Um, the way that they were 6-2, and two, the two losses that they had, the way they lost the two games, that's what stings. They could have been 8-0 on the road trip. And going back home to play Miami and Chicago, sign me up. Still sign me up. You went 6-2 and two on the road trip. You get to play the Marlins and the Cubs, right? Still sign me up. You get to go back home. Still sign me up. But you'd rather be 8-0 than 6-2. and two. Trevor has a point. 18 innings in a day is rough. Definitely, definitely seemed tired in the second game. Well, remember, Trevor, it's not 18 innings. It was 19 because they played 10 innings in the second game. So, yeah, you could say that they were tired, but the relievers that pitched that blew the two three-run leads in this game, or let's just focus on the three-run lead with Hill and Suarez. They, they didn't have that excuse of being tired because they didn't pitch the first game. So... I guess you can eliminate that excuse, right? Going back to Tim Hill, I, I want to focus on him. How worried are you about Tim Hill? Because today he gave up three runs, right? He ended up because the Cleveland Guardians scorekeeper noted the Machado error as not an error, so all three of those runs were earned to Tim Hill. He still wasn't good. So I'm not trying to say that he was good and those three runs are disguising that he was good. No, he, he still wasn't good. Two-thirds of an inning, three hits, three runs, walked one, didn't strike out anyone. His ERA is now up to 11.12. Suarez's his ERA is at 4.91. So the five guys probably that you think that Bob Melvin should want to trust, Rodgers, Wilson, Suarez, Garcia, Hill – um, at least going into the year, some of those guys aren't, the majority aren't looking great. Suarez didn't look good today. I know he's been good the majority of his appearances, but he didn't look good today. Tim Hill didn't look good today. Steven Wilson hasn't looked good his last couple appearances. That's three guys there. So it's Garcia and Rogers right now, you know, and it's it's rotating, you know. It's always we're always going to be confident in Rogers, is what it seems like. And then it's rotating between Wilson, Garcia, and Suarez, right? The th rotating between who's that second guy that we trust, right? Who's that second guy they should pitch the eighth inning, you know? So it's a sticky situation. Is it going to be like this the whole year, or is it going to be like this? Is it going to continue like this? Um, in Chicago or against Chicago in Miami at Petco? Sure hope not. I don't think it will. The Guardians, I think, are a better offense than the Marlins are. Um, so you hope it doesn't continue, but you can't totally be confident that it won't continue because this was a prolonged stretch. You go back to the Cincinnati series with Lamette, the Pittsburgh series on Saturday, today, right? It was prolonged kind of throughout the road trip where the bullpen wasn't great, you know? So how worried are you about the bullpen? Like on a scale of one to 10, how would, how worried would you be? I'm, you know, this might be contradictory. I mean, I just sound, I probably sound like I'm on a, at a 11 on a 10 scale of the bullpen. Right. But considering, you know, stepping back and realizing that they still went six and two, and they're still right now, they're 
16 and 9. That's still good. I agree with Dan. I, I'd go at a 6. That's what Dan says. Anyone else in the chat, if you have any 1 to 10, what's your concern level of this bullpen? Ashley says, another thing, the wins on this road trip weren't dominant. That's what worries me. Yeah, yeah. Be well, guess what? They weren't dominant because of what? The bullpen. Right? I mean, you look back. We can go through the games. So today they win by one run on in the first game. They lose by one run the second game. Um, let me see here. Sunday. Okay, they won by four. Okay, they, they won that game good. But then they win by – or they lose by one on Saturday. They win by four. Okay, so the majority of the Pittsburgh games were good wins. But then Thursday, Cincinnati, they win by two. They win by three in a game that probably shouldn't have been a save situation because he, Lamette sucked on Wednesday. They won by three on Wednesday. On Tuesday, they won by three. So you can make an argument, Ashley, yeah, that some of those games they should have won by more than three. They should have won both games today, and you can make an argument that they should not have won only by one run the first game today. So I, I agree with that point. Dan says six, like I mentioned. Love is everything, says three. Tatis being out is killing us. I don't think he's killing – I don't think that's killing us as much as you think. I mean, Kim's producing pretty good at the plate. Do you want a six-war player in the lineup? Of course. Do you want the best shortstop in the league at shortstop? Of course. But that's not – Tatis being out is not the reason why they lost today. Tatis being out is not the reason why they lost on Saturday, right? You have the Hosmer air. You have the bullpen blowing it, Stephen Wilson blowing it then, you know? He's not the reason why they, went, they lost two games on this road trip when they should have went 8-0. He's not the reason. So I, I, I want to make that clear. Um, but Wednesday, 5-4. to four. Today, Padres win game one. Game two, they lost 6-5 to five in a game they should have won. Uh, what did you guys think? I did want to touch on this. I did a little bit of a breakdown. Middle of the game today, the second game, Hedges got a little pissed off at Jerks and Profar because... Profar like called time late when Quantrill was already starting his windup. And so I think Hedges was, you know, pissed off and saying that you can't do that. Don't call time, uh, get back in the box, stuff like that. And I did a breakdown uh, with a, a little bit of lip reading. It was hard to lip read what they were saying, Profar saying, what the ump was saying, what Hedges were saying, because they all had, because Hedges and the ump had masks on, obviously covering their lips and profile the camera angles didn't really show what profile said it was to his back um, but i did lip read whatever i could um, so that breakdown is available on youtube if you're interested in that uh, but what were your thoughts on that situation i want to hear your guys's thoughts in the chat of hedges getting pissed off at profile for uh calling time when, when you think about it, it was the umpire's fault because the umpire was the one that granted Profar time when Quantrill had already started his windup. Like, 
So Hedges might have been getting mad at the wrong person. Dan says Hedgie is a captain on the field. Terry Francona loves him no matter his batting average. Yeah, which his batting average is uh, 170 right now. So, yeah. Austin Hedges being your captain is kind of embarrassing, but that's just me. I get, like, being the field general, yeah, because you're the catcher, and he's a good defensive catcher, but to have your nine hitter be your or your eight hitter today be your captain on the field, that's not what you want. Anyone have any thoughts on that? On Hedgie and Profar there? I'm glad Hedgie's not on the Padres still. I know Nola grounded into that double play with the bases loaded. Uh, when was that? In the 10th inning today in the second game. But he came through in the first game, so you got to realize that. And if Nola didn't come through in the first game, uh, which got them to make it 4-3 to three in the sixth in that first game, they wouldn't have won the game in nine innings. So that's you, you got to put that into perspective. So I, I can't get too mad at Nola when he already performed in the first game. Like you, of course, you want him to perform in both games, but Nola, he he's known for putting the ball in play. He put the ball in play. He put the ball in play in the first game. It fell. In the second game, it ended up being a grounder into a double play. I mean. You could, I can't say that I was totally surprised by Nola grounding into a double play, but um, you were hoping that he'd be able to lift it, right? Like he lifted it earlier in this road trip on some sack flies. Catching 18 innings will make you cranky, Doe says. Well, Hedges didn't catch 18 innings today. He did not start at catcher the first game. He started the second game. He was scheduled yesterday to catch, but since it's a double, it was a double header today. That's why he didn't catch both games. All right, series MVP. Who would be your series MVP or day MVP today for the two games today? I'll give you mine uh, while I get some people in the chat telling me their series MVP, which is just today. For me, it's probably Hosmer for me, offensively. Um, game one today. I was like, yeah, game one. He went one for four, drove in a run. Game two, he went one for two and drove in two runs. Did they really walk him three times? Wow. They walked Hosmer three times today in game two. Two of them were intentionally, I know that. Three times, three walks. They're scared of Haas. They are scared of Haas. Wow. All right. So... Combined today, Hosmer went two for six with three RBIs, 
three RBI. And three walks. And he's sitting 378 with a 1,030 OPS, which is identical to Manny's OPS. That's a cool little nugget. Clev. Dan says Clev is his series MVP. Showed he can get on the bump. That's huge. I Pitching, yeah, I mean, Rodgers is up there as well just because he was able to save the first game. Clev is up there because he was able to show he can get on the bump. Yeah, the big positive, I said at the pregame show yesterday when it before it got rained out. I said it today on the new pregame show that I did. As long as he came out of it healthy, that's what I cared about. That was a win. And then you add that they were able to win that first game, especially considering how important that was because they lost the second game when they should have won it. Um, yeah, it was big. So, Clev, I respect that choice, Dan. I'm going with Haas because he played both games. And when it's only a two-game series, uh, two-game day, really, I'd like you to play both games to get the MVP. But that's just me, I guess. But Clev is an option, yeah. Leading the league in batting average, that's pretty awesome. Yep. I think you're talking about Haas. 378. Yeah, 1,030 OPS. I mean, it's May and he's still hitting well. I mean, we have to – I'm still – I mean, I, I said – I've said multiple times, wait till May, and he's still – he's hitting well. I know it's May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, by the way, my sister and brother like Star Wars, so I had to get that in there. Um, but they are playing easier opponents, and I don't want to rain on his parade. He's, he's playing well. I'm going to praise him, you know. He's – one of the team MVPs so far this year. He's a big reason why they're 16-9. But I want to see how he does at the, near the end of May when you have to face, after you face Miami and Chicago, um, this rest of the homestand. How is he going to do when they go back on the road and face the Braves for three games, the Phillies for three games, and then the Giants for three games? Oh, and then the Brewers for three games. That three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That 12 game stretch after this Miami Chicago homestand, how is he going to do that? I think that's a big question. So at the end of May, I'll compare his stats from April to May, and we'll definitely do a, a little bit of a deep dive there on some episode. I'll definitely do that, or I'll make a video on it or something. I'll, I'll do something on it. But yeah, keep, keep watch for that tough road trip that they'll go on with the Phillies, the Brewers, the Braves, the Giants after the Miami-Chicago homestand coming up starting tomorrow against the Marlins. Um, and then we'll see if he's still, you know, hot. Dan says, scary to imagine if our starters would not have gone as deep so far. What would the bullpen have done? Yeah, they would have not have not been pretty. Pedro Avila would have pitched. Um, who did not pitch today? Was he the only one that did not pitch today? Wilson, Chris, Matt, Garcia, Rogers. Pull up my bullpen chart real quick on another tab. Because in game one, Rogers, Garcia, Wilson, Chris, Matt pitched. Suarez, Lamette. Garcia pitched both games today? Or am I looking at – oh, that's the first game. Okay. 
Avila might have been the only guy that didn't pitch today in the bullpen. I remember, yeah, I remember everyone else pitching. So Avila was the 27th man. So, yeah, if the starters didn't go that well, well, there you go. Uh, Avila would have pitched. Especially with seven straight games coming up, you, you don't want to burn the bullpen. You're just going to send Avila down tomorrow anyway, or tonight. They probably already sent him down. Eric, what's up? Yeah, he loves getting me getting on me about my picks, saying I have easy picks on the pregame show, my Padre picks. Today, so game one, I had Manny. No, I had Crone. I had Cronenworth, and then I had Manny game two. Manny, Cronenworth uh, game one went 0 for 3, so I didn't get that right. And game two, Manny went 0 for 4. So, yeah, not great. Did not get either game right today. So, yeah, laugh at that one, Eric, I guess. <laughs> Rare day today. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the bullpen, was. hopefully it can turn it around starting tomorrow against an easier opponent. You know, they're not facing a ton of former Padres. But, yeah, playing 19 innings, playing in front of, like, no one in Cleveland. And did you see I had that video that I posted on the Twitter account at Talking Friars where a fan yelled F-U at Manny. Like, I tweeted it out. I was like, is this me or am I – not hearing something right. And the Guardians fans, because there's no one there, you could literally hear anything that a heckler was saying. And so the heckler says, F you, Manny. It's, I'm like, okay, what did he do to you? He's over for today. What did he do to, or no, uh, he homered today, but he's over in the game. What did he do to you? You know? All right. Let's preview this Marlins series. Figured we'd do that. Obviously, I'll have the pregame show before every game like I usually do. I'm going to be back in San Diego next week, so hopefully I'll have some content at Petco Park uh, with fans, talking to fans. I'll try to do that a little bit. Pregame shows inside Petco Park. Maybe I can talk to some players as they're coming off the field. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let me know if you hit me up, talkingfriars at gmail.com or at talkingfriars on Twitter or Instagram or in the chat, wherever. If you have any ideas of content you want me to put out when I, excuse me, when I'm at Petco Park this summer. All right. So let's do a little bit of preview. Tomorrow, Thursday, the series opener, it's going to be Jesus Lazardo on the mound for the Marlins, Nick Martinez for the Padres. The Marlins right now are 12 and 12. So not a terrible team. Uh, they did sign Avicel Garcia, Jorge Soler in the offseason. Uh, Josh Chisholm's off to a really good start. He's hitting, like, what is he hitting? Jazz Chisholm. He's 24. He's hitting 329. He has a 1,037 OPS, so... Good start for him so far this year. Nick Martinez on the mound for the Padres. Might be his last start in the rotation uh, because Snell and Clev coming back. Snell coming back. Clev is back. For Friday's game, May 6th, it's going to be Sandy Alcantara 
for the Marlins against Yu Darvish. Alcantara has a 2.90 ERA so far. Darvish has a 4.44 ERA, 25 punch outs. He pitched really good uh, against the Dodgers, his last Petco start. Um, and then who did he face last? It was the Reds, right? Did he face last? These games are falling together right now. Trying to see who he faced last. I mean, I, I'm doing it like an old person looking at my notes. I, I mean, I could look at online. Let me see here. Hugh Darvish. Game logs. Pittsburgh was his last start. Six innings, three runs. Uh, da, 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 da. Five strikeouts, 98 pitches. 62% of those pitches were strikes. So hopefully he can have a better uh, he can have a better start than that against the Marlins, right? Two runs, something like that. Six runs or six runs, sorry. Definitely not six runs. Hopefully the Padres score six runs. Six innings, giving up two runs. Hopefully he can do something like that. Uh, that's Friday's game, May 6th at 6.40. Saturday's game, remember, this is a four-game set. Saturday's game is at 5.40. Shamanaya against Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez leads the National League in ERA so far among starters. 30 strikeouts. So that should be a pretty good pitching matchup, Manaya and Lopez. Manaya had that clunker against the Dodgers, but you would think that that's not going to happen against the Miami Marlins. And then Sunday, finish off the series, the first of two series on this homestand, Joe Musgrove on the mound against Trevor Rogers. I don't believe Trevor has any relation to Taylor Rogers. Uh, I believe it's just Taylor and Tyler with the Giants. Uh, those are the two related because Trevor Rogers doesn't look anything like Taylor. So uh, I, I don't think they're related. They both spell Rogers the same way, R-O-G-E-R-S, not like Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, uh, but R-O-G-E-R-S. Trevor Rodgers, a 6-1-4 ERA. He's going to pitch Sunday. They're playing a team that's not as good as them, so you expect taking three out of four. You're playing at home. You got your top three starters in your rotation pitching the last three games of the series. So this should be a series win for the Padres, as should the Cubs series for me. Eric says, oh, for a suggestion, do a food at Petco Park segment. Would like to know what's good when I go. Maybe. Um, but that also means if I do that, I have to spend the money to buy the food. <laughs> I usually I'm – a, I'm a big Gaglione Bros guy. I, that's why it was a perfect – sponsorship for me to partner with them uh, for garlic fries and cheesesteaks. I love their garlic fries and cheesesteaks at field level on the third base side, upper deck. They have a garlic fry stand behind home plate, Mission Gorge, Point Loma, are there other two locations. Um, that's why I thought it was a good fit. I love their food. A lot of fans love their food at Petco. I mean, there's always a line there. 
Dan says, go to Gaglione's and tell the manager you heard about them via the show. Good cheesesteaks. Please do that. Yeah. Joe Gaglione and those guys, they're great. Ashley's going to the game on Tuesday. Better get the dub. So you're going, that's the Cubs, right? So you're gonna get you're gonna get to see Seiya Suzuki. He's off to a pretty hot start, right? Can look up his stats real quick. I mean, having Profar at seven million dollars isn't looking too bad right now. League league average OPS plus is a hundred. Seiya Suzuki's at one hundred fifty seven, so he's doing really well. That's four home runs, two sixty three average. He's drove in fifteen runs, OPS of eight eighty. His war is almost at one, exactly 20 hits. He's off to a pretty good start. I'll say if I say so myself. Who's pitching on Tuesday, you ask? Um, Well, if Musgrove's going Sunday, then Clev is, I don't know, um, right? Yeah, Clev going, Clev would go Monday, I think think he would go Monday and then that would mean that who pitched the second game Gore would go Tuesday I think that's what it would be I think Ashley so I think Ashley would be seeing Gore on Tuesday so that would be a good one that would be a good one to go to I mean today Gore against the Guardians I don't think he I don't think he pitched terribly I mean the strikeouts, he had 10 strikeouts against the Reds at the last start before this. Then he had two strikeouts today. So that's a big fluctuation in strikeouts, but that's not anything I'm worried about. As long as, I mean, as long as you, I mean, he allowed one earned run. I'll take, I don't care if you strike out zero guys, you know. Keep the walks down, pitch to contact, ground balls, lazy flyouts. It's cool. The only thing that matters is how many runs you give up. Imagine Suzuki next season, Eric says. The way Kim has adapted year two, Suzuki will be an all-star for sure. But here's the thing. I think Kim had to adjust. I don't know if Suzuki has to adjust as much. Because didn't Kim come from a different league than Suzuki? Like a worse league? He came from Korea, right? Suzuki came from Japan. Japan's a better league than Korea. Poor Ashley Dan says, prepare for a lot of cubbies honks. Cheer louder. Ashley says she can cheer loud. Don't worry. Cubs fans are loud. I'll give that to them. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be as many of them now that it's not 2016 and it's easy to be a bandwagon. You know, I remember in 2016 when I was still in high school and I was there and there were all these fans in the, in the brand new Cubs hats. And there was some with stickers on them. It's like, come on guys, you're not fooling anyone. You're not fooling anyone. Talk about bandwagons. Just hop on the bandwagon, huh? Guess that's what some of the, I guess that's what the young society, the young kids do nowadays. Remember, that was when the Padres weren't the Padres, you know. They weren't 16 and 9 to start off their season. They didn't have Tatis as an MVP candidate or they didn't have Manny yet, you know. But, I'm a loyal fan. The loyal fans are the real fans. Hopefully no fights, though. Just ruins the experience. 
for me, Ashley says. Yeah, I mean, did you see the Dodgers series? That was bad. I mean, right field was like, might as well just put a UFC cage around right field. The right field stands. There was just fights all over the place. All right. I think I'll head out. I think this is good. It is 1054 in New York right now where I'm at. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching to episode 157 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. For those live in the chat, I appreciate you. For those on replay, I appreciate you. For the pat- those on the podcast platforms listening, I appreciate you. Ben Fadden signing off. I am your host. This episode is sponsored by Gagnon Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. I'll be with you for the pregame show tomorrow. I'll be with you for the next episode unless I have an interview uh, before then on, what would that be, on Sunday. I'll probably have one before that maybe, um, but definitely on Sunday after the game, I'll be with you then live for next episode. Uh, Until then, have a good night, everyone. See ya.